0: Leave out all these athletes, actually the. 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 is not one part of the, the strategy. Come development. It's all we envelopin telephone, a wealth of intelligence. Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships, baskin it in, less study in the conferences, packed twelve and big, twelve in the ten. SEC ACC win 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 win. Hi kinda...
1: right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. This is Debbie Manual, episode three point ten, the podcast which talks about college players and the Debbie landscape, plus how to use the Debbie team you built to translate to a successful NFL fantasy football team. I really need to work on making that more wordy, I tell you. That's like the longest tagline in the history of any podcast. So anyways, this week I'm super, super excited. One of my mentors, this is a guy I totally, totally look up to. I probably copy way too much stuff that he does. Don't tell him, but Travis, Travis May, how you doing, bud?
0: Doing great. I'm in my uh, Purdue gear. I'm ready for bit, the Big Ten episode and uh, just to, to see some more college football. Uh, other teams getting back now and I kind of it feeling more like more and more like a full uh, college football season with uh, all the teams actually in action here soon. So thanks for having me, man.
1: Yeah, it is weird looking at the rankings and not seeing Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams, you know, and seeing teams like North Carolina ranked fifth who should never have been ranked that high. So um, <laughs> anyways, it's, it's kind of weird to so be fun to see. Yeah,
0: and, and not not for long with North Carolina either, I guess, after, after this past weekend.
1: <laughs> no, no, I didn't see how far they fell, but I bet it was probably in the teens, that's for sure. If you don't know Travis, I mean... Honestly, what are you doing, uh, Travis? Like you he said, he's the host of the <laughs> College to, College of Canton podcast, and he writes at Rotoviz, and he's just just a great, great Debbie mind. And and you, ironically, on your last podcast, said to stop in your DMs and pick your mind about your process. And I swear, oh, yeah. I could do I could do like a whole show on your process because I kind of had wanted to pick you pick your mind a little bit here. You know, like how do you find some of these players that you find? Like I, I troll twenty four seven. That's kind of like my little. You know, I listen to their podcasts. I get a lot of their, their names, the high school names and stuff from them. But as I was following you guys as pinnacle draft, I was just amazed at the, the guys you were finding, you know, the guys that I hadn't even heard of yet. So how do you, <laughs> how do you do it, man?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of uh, just building like year over year, I think, because the more that you're into, I guess the more years you're into Debbie and into college and into recruiting, like you already, you know, you're already familiar with all the 2020 class because you've been watching you know, two thirds of them, like two thirds of the top guys and get talked about and tossed around like, oh, he's going here. Oh, he's actually going to go. He's decommitted and he's going here. So, you know, if you're already familiar with the 2020 class, well, that that makes it a lot easier to get familiar with the 2019 class. And when you're already familiar with that class and a little bit of the 2018, you just kind of add layers and layers and layers. And eventually you're nerding out, you know, thinking about how good Archie Manning is is looking, uh, or not Archie, but Arch Manning's looking as a true freshman in, in high school already this fall. So yeah, you can, you can. It's it's a it's a rabbit hole that you can get buried in <laughs> pretty quickly.
1: That is for sure, man. It's it's amazing, but it's fun to uncover these guys, you know, before other people talk about them. And it's just what kind of makes it fun for me is is watching them, you know, in coll- in high school. Then in college, and then on your fantasy teams, and it kind of it almost makes fantasy secondary, which is I, I love like I, I love that. So it's more and more and more I play this, the more and more I, I watch college football, and I don't hardly watch any NFL anymore even. So it, it's kind of strange. I never thought I would ever be that way, but I just I love college football, and now I'm watching high school even. So yeah, you know yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah there's there's tons to get, get, get excited about and yeah that pinnacle draft you mentioned that was a blast 100 rounds and we were picking kids that aren't even eligible till like the 2027 nfl draft <laughs> i think shane shane had a couple i think he had the most of the just insanely uh way out there uh recruits but it, it'll be fun to see um you know who who gets the most right i guess like in, in this impossible to predict kind of format uh you know six seven years out but uh, right, I, yeah. I
1: kinda I kinda wanted to analyze them. I told you guys I would. And I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can. Like it, it's crazy. Like it's it's amazing and crazy to me, but like I'm in a league that's similar to that, you know, and, and it was yeah, I drafted a kid that was fourteen this year, so yeah, it was <laughs> kinda nuts. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Happens
1: yeah all right we have some good some news actually some good news and most of this came out just today and yesterday so uh the big news is journey brown is out possibly for the season with an undisclosed medical condition which is kind of odd i think pat firemuth actually had tweeted that recently and then who did you you say the first one you saw was or
0: um i think i think it was maybe i don't know feldman breaks just about everything from the athletic bruce feldman but uh, a few other sources were saying that uh journey brown is you know out with an undisclosed medical condition and that just dropped monday night and i re- it's a bummer because he's like one of the most athletic running backs in the country i mean he, he can probably run you know four four ish um uh, you know just big play machine for penn state they'll be okay but it, it'll look a little bit different for them so that really stinks and you're gonna have to probably drop him way down until we figure out what like uh, your rankings for debbie unless we until we figure out what this is because if, if is it career ending is it is it just is it like a heart issue because i mean it, it could be something bad you don't you don't really know so hate to see it for journey Ho- hopefully uh it's not as bad as we think
1: right he was one i was really looking forward to watching this year his draft stock and in, in particular you know he's a guy who just flashed late last year and I, I hope big things are open for him this year so um, another guy who who is opting out of this season is Nico Collins, who's not returning to Michigan, which leaves them, you know, we're going to talk about a little later in the show. It's kind of thin at wide receiver there. Um, he was, you know, one of the guys that I was looking forward to coming back this year as well. Um, I had yeah. him as, you know, like a late, probably early day three type guy. You know, I liked a lot about his game, but I thought he could have raised his draft stock a lot this year.
0: Yeah, I thought he was like the best wide receiver for Michigan, really, for the past couple of years. So it's it really hurts, hurts to see him out. But it, it, it had been kind of rumored, I guess, for three weeks or so. But they've kind of made it official uh, this week, which, which, again, hate to see it. But uh, I'm excited to see who breaks out for them. But we'll get to that.
1: All right, Puka Williams also opted out for the rest of the season, apparently. He didn't want to continue to lose there in Kansas, so... <laughs> He's another guy who's <laughs> like, I don't want to lose any. I'm su- actually surprised a lot more guys didn't opt out this year, you know, when you 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 know when you don't have much left. I mean, I don't think he has a whole lot left that he can prove. He's a g- another guy who I have, you know, who might go day three, good change of pace guy, explosive back.
0: I mean, with Puka, I mean, it's funny. Maybe he saw what Khalil Her- uh, Herbert did last year, opting out after four games and just being like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to transfer somewhere and see if I can just go make some magic somewhere else. So I'm not sure. I I don't know if I've seen whether he was 100% like, you know, signed with an agent and on to the NFL draft, or if he's, you know, looking to transfer elsewhere. But if I were him, I'd be looking to add some weight in this off season and then uh, go play for a real school. (laughs) Yeah,
1: 100%, man. That's, yeah, I don't think he would – it would be really, really late if he got drafted and it would be hard for him to stick, so – and then um, another player opting out, Demonte Coxie from Memphis, which that one kind of caught me off guard too. I kind of noticed the other night when I was watching the crazy Memphis UCF game that I was surprised he wasn't on the field. And I don't know, did he opt out before that game or, or has it happened? Been-
0: so they had, the rumor started swirling immediately after the weekend before and, and uh, that, hey, hey, I think uh, you know Coxie's going to opt out and it started showing up on some message boards and then the the you know people that follow the team, the beat writers were saying, I hey, Coxie's apparently not, not gonna suit up and then it was legit I, right before the game, I think they made it official uh, that he, he was opting out. And so it was funny prepping for college football DFS, like I build a model every single week and Coxie was like priced at a really, really nice rate uh, to have everywhere uh but uh but it turned out that we we just plugged in calvin austin to a bunch of our lineups his uh, replacement and that worked out uh and he was actually cheaper than uh DeMonte coxie so uh really really nice win there got some free points out of that one but uh and memphis had like what that game went had had what 99 points scored or something insane yeah. so uh yeah. yeah that worked out okay
1: yeah, that was one I actually got to like watch as it happened the other night. Um, One of the rare weekends where my wife was gone, and I was actually able to watch football for about 10 hours on Saturday, which, darn, <laughs> that was horrible. Um, <laughs> so as right, the last of the news I have for the week, we'll go through a couple of the big games, then we'll dive into players and a Big Ten preview. I don't want to spend too much time on these games. At this point of the week, you've probably heard about all these games. Obviously, the big one was Alabama defeating Georgia. They kind of kept it close there for a little while. Georgia was leading at half, and... then the wheels fell off you saw the the true side of Stetson Bennett there I thought he looked pretty decent in the first half you know you saw you know some some promise that he could be it and then just yeah just all all fell to heck so we'll go deeper into a couple of the players in, in that game or later Mac Jones and Devonta Smith but Najee Harris another big game 31 for 152 so didn't see much on the Georgia side that was super impressive you know as far as Debbie performances but you know, I don't, do you have anything on that one, Travis? And the ones we're going to go into later.
0: Uh, we'll we'll go into a couple of the guys later on, but yeah, that was a crazy game. Uh, Alabama likes teasing teams, apparently, for like first half and just like, hey, you know what? We'll we'll let you think you can play with us for thirty minutes, but we'll, we'll actually put our tripants pants on for the second half and then just put you away.
1: That is certainly what it seemed like. They were just like a a mouse, or a cat toying with a mouse, sort of. So. Uh, the big big upset this weekend. I don't know if it was big. Well, like, I get it was big. Yeah, Florida State. Yeah. Florida State beat beat North Carolina. And I mean, it was looked like it was going to be crazy ugly. And then Florida State let off the gas pedal in the second half, which I thought was kind of odd. Like, just keep going. I mean, their numbers were not particularly wonderful. What was your? I need to ask you this. I mean, Sam Howell is. I kind of go back and forth between him and Rattler as the number as the number one in that class. What do you what do you think of Sam Howell so far this year? It's been kind yeah. of not great.
0: You know, it, it's funny. I think um, I mean he's not not anywhere near the level of uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I think uh, after Lawrence's huge year, you know, teams had an offseason to really look closely at him and 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 just take advantage of some things that they could slow down. And actually, North Carolina was one of the teams that was able to slow Trevor Lawrence down uh, early when they faced him in his sophomore season. And actually, almost beat Clemson, uh, I think, early in Trevor Lawrence's sophomore season. I think that teams are figuring out uh, ways to just, uh, you know, get him under pressure, force him to make tough, quick decisions, uh, and and he's still trying to make those throws downfield and drop it into a bucket to his wide receivers. And teams are just playing a, a, a safer, deeper look, put you know, adding one more safety in a spot where they can get to the ball because they know that. How likes to be that deep downfield gunslinger, just relying on Diami Brown and uh, I guess this past week, Bo Corrales, Uh, but really, you know, Daz Newsome, you know, targeting his his guys way downfield and he's, he's having to adjust. And when he makes adjustments um, and, and starts going through his reads and finding guys at the mid level, finding guys, actually finding his running backs for dump offs and things like that, just going through his full progression he's finding success. But I think when he rushes it and just plays that chuck it deep to his favorite guy, that's where he's gotten in trouble. So I think he's just continuing to grow. He's only a true sophomore. So we're going to see Sam Howell get better and better. And he, he showed that he could do that in the second half. They were down like what? uh, 31 to seven. And then they scored three quick touchdowns in the second half and almost came down and and won the game. So he's a sophomore. He's going to figure it out by the end of this season. I think he'll be right back where we, we thought he would, be and in, in, in that 2022 quarterback one conversation
1: the several games this year where he has looked kind of rough it was first half and then second half he's turned it on and even this yep. game he ended up
0: with nearly 400
1: yards passing I mean it wasn't yeah. like it was a, a scrub <laughs> game but he was right near 50 right, 60 less than 60 percent on the end. sometimes we get we forget we expect everybody to come in and be Trevor Lawrence from day one, you know? Yeah. And and no one
0: is Trevor Lawrence. Like he's the most perfect prospect we've ever seen. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
1: All right. Another, this one was really fun. This is another game I got to watch as it happened. Also, I went to uh, South Carolina beat Auburn, which is kind of crazy. I'm sorry. I had to bring it up, but uh, no, it's Okay. (laughs) Wasn't it the first time in like 114 tries or something like that? So they were bound to get it eventually.
0: Yeah, I think it (laughs) was – I think the World World War II hadn't happened, I think, the last time that that (laughs) they beat Auburn. So it had been a bit. So, yeah. But that was awesome, though, to just watch a few of their defenders have crazy days. Like South Carolina has a really underrated defense. Like Ernest Jones at linebacker, J.C. Horn. I called him J.C. Smith for some reason. I think I was thinking of Shy Smith. Yeah, I was like, oh, because they have shy Smith, the wide receiver. It's J.C. Horn who shut down uh, Seth Williams all game long. So it was, it was crazy, and it just brought to the attention that uh, Auburn is still struggling to install their new offense, and uh, it shows. And Bo Nix is trying to do too much, uh, and he's looking more and more like Ian Book than an actual NFL quarterback. So not, not what you want to see uh, out of uh, Bo Nix. Uh, not quite good enough, Bo Nix. So. It's whatever. I'll get over it. War Eagle still.
1: Yeah, at least you have Tank, man. Tank is, oof, man, is he fun to watch, man? Uh, I mean, he's just he makes that class. I, I, I...
0: Yeah, Tank Bigsby is legit. Like he is going to be. I mean, he's my running back one for the twenty twenty three uh, NFL draft, and it's not just because I like Auburn. I mean, even be- even beforehand, I mean, when you have a kid who's you know even in high school, six foot two fifteen, running a four five um and he can catch the ball and he can make people miss inside like the the contact balance that he's already shown against a sec competition man it's just he's he's the total package and he's what 18 years old so i uh, can't wait to see uh what he becomes
1: he's got he's my number one too for that class so i mean obviously you know it can change With Zach. we haven't even seen zach evans and very little of B. John robinson yet so but still yeah. i mean he, he looks phenomenal so All right, and the last game I did want to talk about just a little bit was the Memphis-UCF game. We alluded to it a little bit earlier. That was just a fun, fun game. One of those games, if you like defense, I'm sorry, don't turn this game on. Yeah, don't. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun. I love both of the quarterbacks in this game. And you look at the number. Like, I I don't know if Brady White's ever going to be in the NFL, but I I like watched him, and he just seems to have, you know, it. And he was 34-50 for 486 and six touchdowns. But then Dylan Gabriel on the other side, thirty-five of forty-nine for six hundred one yards and five touchdowns. Like it was Yeah. It was nuts. Almost yards. <laughs> yeah.
0: And lose. Yeah. And you lose with six hundred yards. Like that's so right. cr- <laughs> Oh man.
1: Nuts. Yeah. Mar- Marlon Williams for so UCF, another huge, huge game. 191 yards receiving on thirteen catches. He's looked really good this year. So I don't know. I haven't got to break down, you know, like from a technical aspect you know is he getting you know how is he getting open and stuff but he's he's really putting up some gaudy numbers this year so but i like both of those quarterbacks i like gabriel quite a bit as a possible nfl prospect and what do you think about those two guys
0: yeah gabriel is is going to quickly join the 2022 uh, quarterback one conversation uh here soon if we're not uh uh, if we don't watch out because i mean he's he's looking legit he was really good last year in spots but This year, uh, every game so far, he's looked really promising, uh, even in games where he hasn't put up 600 yards. Uh, Brady White is already, like, I think 47 years old, so he's not probably going to be it. feels like (laughs) it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It does feel Uh, like he's been around. Yeah, I don't don't think Brady White's a pro. He might uh, be on a practice squad or something. But Gabriel has some real, real upside. Another true sophomore that uh, would be eligible uh, a year from next spring.
1: Wow. Yeah, got some good quarterbacks coming up, man, I've got, got some good ones. All right, we're going to do some uh, – every week I like to do three players that we want to highlight. So, sure, Travis, go ahead and, and talk about your first guy that you'd like to highlight this week, man.
0: Sure, so Amari Rodgers is a guy that I've kind of discredited uh, because I've looked beyond him. I've looked at the other wide receivers for Clemson and gotten excited about them and just ignored Amari Rodgers because of the, the archetype of player that he – projects to be at the next level I think maybe it's because I got burnt by Artavis Scott from a few years ago Uh, but uh, Armari Rodgers is showing showing to not just be like a you know an underneath bubble screen short range slot guy that that really has to be schemed open he's actually making some big difference making plays and uh, further removed from an injury that should have kept him out like all last season Uh, he still came back last year and produced decently down the stretch for Clemson but six catches 161 yards and two touchdowns uh, all in I believe what the first half uh this this past weekend against Georgia Tech uh so that that can no longer be ignored he's the only trustworthy volume receiver for Clemson uh and everyone else is clearly just still figuring it out like Frank Ladson He's added some weight, but he's figuring out how to play at his new weight. Uh, jo- Joseph Ngata is disappointing colossally. Uh, E.J. Williams kind of flashed, but uh, he's a true freshman for them. But the guy, the guy for in this year is Amari Rogers, and so he's really putting together an effort that's going to get him drafted. I don't know where he's going to get drafted, uh, but it's probably you know early day three-ish now at this point. But if he continues uh, to develop, uh, he could be uh, somebody that sneaks up even higher.
1: Right. Yeah. I think everybody thought another guy was going to step up, you know, and another one of those big yeah. name. And he's just been, you know, Mr. Steady. And, and you know, it's, it's been kind of kind of crazy to watch. So, First guy I wanted to talk about was Demonte Smith from Alabama. I know he's this is probably kind of a cop out, but I, I don't know, just the more I watch this guy, I with all the hype that gets around that Alabama receiving crew. You know, he's been overshadowed by Judy Ruggs. Now he's pretty much overshadowed by Waddle. You know, and then everybody's talking about Mechie. And Devonta Smith just keeps putting up these crazy numbers. And the, when I watch him on tape, I'm most impressed by his overall game. Like I don't think he's got the elite trait, you know, he doesn't have that elite speed like Waddle has, you know, or the elite, you know, route running that Judy had. And but I just I, he's just a baller. Like he, he tends he seems like he always is in the right spot at the right time for his quarterback. He makes clutch play after clutch play. He's very tough, aggressive. I just I love watching him play and I think he's he looks he's a little on the on the skinny side but he plays bigger and tougher and I've been really super impressed and I think he's a guy that will go you know he probably will be the fifth or sixth receiver drafted in this class which is crazy to me because I think he could easily be the best Alabama receiver when it's all said and done you know of the ones we're talking about of those you know six or seven that I talked about. So I just yeah. love him more and more. Like the more I watch of him.
0: Yeah. He's, he's, he could end up having the best production profile of any of the Alabama and Alabama wide receivers since I guess Amari Cooper. I mean, he's already gotten a better one than Jerry Judy, uh, Jerry Judy, better than Henry Ruggs uh, looking like he's still maintaining a, a higher production profile and had an earlier breakout, I guess, than even uh, Jalen Waddle. depending on your thresholds for breakout season. So yeah, Smith is, has really uh, answered the call and just continually said, hey, guys, I'm still here. I'm still the guy. I'm still the number one option, <laughs> like right. the number one or number two team in the, in the country. Uh, he's going to be a slam dunk first-round pick.
1: I like your second guy a lot, too. He's a, a guy I've been breaking down more and more tape of lately.
0: Yeah, Javante Williams uh, is my second guy. And this past weekend, obviously, uh, the first half didn't go how they drew it up for North Carolina, but uh, Javante Williams – North Carolina running back shares time with Michael Carter there. It's a really deadly one, two punch this season. Both of them averaging like over eight yards per touch this year, but Javante Williams is actually a year younger and about 20, 25 pounds heavier yet still somehow is faster and a better receiver and uh better in terms of contact balance and adding yak. And that it's just, he's the better back there. I don't know why they just, I guess it's out of respect uh, for for Michael Carter that they don't give him even more of a workload but this past weekend he actually ran for 119 rushing yards and added 67 through the air and a touchdown has you know 8.4 touch uh, yards per touch this year a uh, really big body 5'11 220 back that I'm I'm really excited about and really almost has uh 20% receiving yard market share as a running back so just answering every question I have uh, as far as running back prospects go. He's not perfect by any means, and he's not going to have the the Saquon Barkley athleticism. Uh, but he's going to surprise some people, and almost no one in terms of NFL uh, draft circles, draft sites uh, has him ranked uh, very high. I think he's a, a day two talent. Uh, I think uh, it's going to take it some take some time. Maybe maybe until January. Maybe until the combine. But people are going to come around on Javante Williams. I'm confident.
1: Well, I agree, man. It's, yeah, you you watch the tape, and, and, you know, Carter seems like the safer name. I think people are enamored by his, what he does. But I, I do think what you said, Williams is so much more explosive and just so much more. I think he can bring more to the NFL game, you know, than Carter. Carter's an all right receiver, but you see where Williams is much, much better as a receiver. And but a pretty darn good runner as well. So, yeah, it's it's hard. It's almost like the apples and oranges for that. You know, a lot of people like Carter better. I think Williams has got the higher upside, you
0: know. I, 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 and it's not like he hasn't produced. I mean, like as a true, true, true sophomore, he had like 1100 plus yards. So, uh, really excited to see. I think, I think he probably ends up actually staying around one more year to actually get a full feature look feature back workload and then really rises up the boards but he he is eligible for next spring's draft so uh in in a class that's that's lacking outside of you know maybe three options that are really safe ish at running back uh williams could definitely rise up boards
1: oh yeah he could he could make some money if he decided to come out this year so all right my my next guy is a freshman jordan addison for pittsburgh Um, a guy i didn't really think would hit the ground running like he has and he has looked absolutely amazing this year thus far with uh, 444 yards on 38 receptions. He's shown a lot of maturity which um he was recruited, he was a four four-star guy but he was also a safety prospect. Thankfully he went to receiver. Um you can kind of see a little bit of the safety in the way he plays as how he understands like route running techniques. He's very his technical aspects of what he does is amazing for a freshman. Like his release off the line, body control, the way he tracks the ball. You can definitely see a little bit of that safety in his game just by the way he reacts to the ball and things. So I really like that a lot in him, and I think he's got a, a really, really high upside. A guy who I really wasn't even hardly even on my radar going into the season. You know, as he was there, but I didn't expect to see anything, especially this soon. So he's a huge riser for me. He's already showing a lot of maturity as a freshman. So I like Jordan Addison quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean he's the wide receiver one for the 2023 class right now. I mean if you look at his his production this year as a true freshman versus any other true freshman in the in the nation, he has 234 m- more yards receiving than the next best true freshman uh and he's he's posting n- nearly a 30% dominator rating if you like production profile scores. Uh so that's that's good enough for a, a true freshman breakout uh production-wise and like you said he's got all the technical things going for him now and he's clearly uh, the alpha uh, for the pittsburgh offense so uh, pff, that kid looks looks like a pro already
1: he does man he's it's it's amazing all right we got to get to your last guy I man this is guy who i i swear i, I didn't trash the last couple of weeks but i have not been overly impressed with him this year uh, but yeah you have to be a little bit after this last week so
0: yeah, so Mac Jones, Mac Jones for Alabama just posted his third straight 400-yard passing game. Alabama and uh, school program history has eight 400-yard passing games. Uh, three of them are Mac Jones, and they've all been in the last three games. The dude has absolutely killed it. And the only reason he didn't put up 400 in the first week is because they crushed Missouri uh, in like a quarter and a half, and then just they just kind of coasted. Missouri almost kind of made it a game again for like a half second, but he didn't have to do anything. Like he, we could be looking at a guy with four straight 400-yard passing games uh, to start the this, this season. Uh, things going just a little bit different that week one. And then he comes off and has 417 yards against Georgia, like an offense that – or a defense that had been shutting down everybody, a defense that's full of future NFL talent. And Mac Jones just – just slicing and dicing and making looking making it look easy obviously he's got some pro wide receivers to throw the ball to but my my goodness mac jones uh putting up more adjusted yards per pass attempt than even tua did uh last year so bonkers profile this year if he keeps this up he's going to be a first round pick uh he's not going to beat out trevor lawrence or justin fields uh or even trey lance perhaps but i think he could be that quarterback for, he's in the QB3 conversation, but I think he could be a first-round pick if he if he keeps this up.
1: Right, right. I didn't – yeah, what I, what I saw, I just didn't – I saw a lot of his short passes that his receivers broke long, you know, that kind of made me question what he could do a little bit. But then last last week, I mean, you, you watch what he does, and he does have – what I think I like best is he's just incredibly smart with the ball. You know, he knows what his receivers can do, and he throws where they can catch it. You know, and he does have a pretty good deep ball. It I wasn't you know, he does miss sometimes on long ones, but you know, hey, you know, not everybody's perfect. So you know, and he still has only started what six games, seven games at this point. It has he hasn't had that many, so yeah, definite riser, definite riser. So after this last week I was I came away pretty impressed with him and I yeah, I I had him at six before the game. So I think he's you've gotta talk you've gotta talk him in the three four range though. So my last guy. This is kind of a a sad note because I I have absolutely I have absolutely puffed up Matt Corral up until this point Cor- Coral whatever you say it I you're the guy that pronounces everything right you're the one who is it Coral yeah. or Corral
0: I think it's Corral yeah
1: okay yeah so <laughs> I, I've been just absolutely enamored with the way he played then he goes and throws six interceptions this last weekend I'm like. And then yeah. I got I got the game tape, and I'm like, okay, we're we're good. Maybe maybe there were tip passes. Maybe no, they were a lot of really bad, stupid passes, like right into double, triple coverage. I'm like, what? And it's almost like Arkansas knew what he was doing, like before he was going to do it. You know, they're like, like they Dude. were, yeah, they were dropping guys. You know shallow dropping back like they knew he was going to throw it to the the receiver and I was just like oh my gosh it was it was abysmal but I still think I like him a lot still um but he, there is definitely growing pains that he's going to have to go through and I was hoping he would stay another year anyways so I think he's going to have to after this game because these days in order to get drafted you can't throw six corner six interceptions in a season almost so let alone in a game so that was that was kind of a rough one for me so
0: yeah, and the Arkansas really has turned it around, though, really quick. New defensive coordinator there is a genius. Sam Pittman, head coach, really. Uh, he's he's getting the best out of the talent there. Um, but Arkansas has some decent defenders. Even, like, I really like Pumper Poole, their linebacker. But he's always in the right spot. Uh, but they, they've they just had a bunch of guys step up, uh, and they shut down Ole Miss. And that was a shame to see because I was pumped about mackerel I think two or three weeks prior I talked about him as being – Uh, you know somebody that could rise with a crazy year into first round discussion as well Uh, and he's probably going to have to just stick around for another year because he that's a huge black eye on on his resume uh it's going to be almost impossible to make up that that awful performance now
1: (laughs) yeah so unless he goes out and you know just absolutely kills it the rest of the season but I, i don't know it would be rough so all right, this is the meat and potatoes. This is why I brought you on, Travis. I'm so excited, man. Big Ten's back. So we're going to do a um, kind of a Big Ten preview, some of the storylines behind the team, some of the guys we're watching this year. Um, hopefully some Debbie Risers, some guys just to keep your eye out for. I didn't do this in any sort of random order. I just kind of – I just list, listed them. So we'll start out with Indiana. Indiana has a um, couple interesting guys on their team, senior wide receiver. Whoop. I think's how Philor I think it's or Phylor, I think it's pronounced and junior running back Stevie Scott both of them are pretty good options you do you really like I put on there that I didn't think they were NFL talents but I didn't mean that I didn't mean the, I meant they're not like NFL starting talents I think both of them will have a role in the league um what do you see when you see Stevie Scott though he feels like that's another guy it feels like he's been around for more years than he has I couldn't believe he's only a junior so
0: yeah, and it feels like Stevie Scott's been around for forever because he was blowing people up as a true freshman. Uh, he's a really, really thick-bodied guy. I mean he he can be, he can look like a plotter, uh, but but then again, so did Jordan Howard when he was at IU. Uh, so I think Stevie Scott, if he fills out a little bit more on his receiving profile again, uh, given the, the fact that they don't have very many options through the air other than other than uh, Wop himself. So uh, I think that they'll probably. Uh, feed the running back again through the air also. I don't think that either are going to be early round picks. I think Stevie Scott, though, could sneak into early uh, day three discussion if if IU does have a, a decent season. And I think Penix a quarterback. He's not a, a future pro, but he's good enough to make his players look good uh, at the college level, at the Big Ten level. So I think he's, he's good enough to keep the offense rolling in on the field. And if Stevie Scott has some goal line opportunities this year, he could have a kind of a stupid – a looking touchdown uh, profile as well. So uh, I'm holding out hope that uh, Stevie Scott can be relevant uh, in the NFL.
1: They actually played, they played Penn State this week. I think that's a potential upset right there, too. I saw somebody post that earlier. I'm like, yeah, Indiana could give Penn State a trouble this weekend. So that could be a fun game to watch this weekend. So let's see.
0: Yeah, anything's possible this year. Oh, no kidding, man. Purdue. Take it away, Purdue. Travis. So, yeah, Rondell Moore is back, so that is what? huge news. Yeah, so Rondell Moore, obviously, a couple weeks ago uh, decided to uh, an- announce that. I guess he actually had a, on ESPN, I think they had him on to make the announcement official personally. Uh, but I think that he and David Bell can both produce. I think some people were, were worried because David Bell broke out in, in Rondell Moore's absence. Uh, well, who gets the ball now? But people are forgetting that Bryson Hopkins, their star tied in, who actually uh, accounted for, I think, over 20% of the team's receiving yards, I think it may have been closer to 25% of the receiving yards last year, is gone now, and they don't really have an, an easy replacement at that position that is as competent as a receiver and blocker as Hopkins was. So I think Bell and Moore are going to be on the field, 100% of the snaps, essentially, and they're both going to eat. I think that because they don't have any el- anyone else that's really proven, uh, they could be... Both of them could be hanging around 30% dominator dominator rating this year, you know, accounting for 30 plus percent receiving yard market share, and and I don't know who scores the touchdowns, but but really, I I think they both can eat Uh, the the running backs. There, I'm not excited about uh, King Doru that much anymore. I think he flashed early, but I think uh, uh, I guess Tyrek Murphy, I think is uh, the guy, the true freshman coming in. I don't know if he's really going to be ready to make an impact for debbie or nfl draft purposes and the quarterback is going to be a huge huge decision coming up here for Braun. but i think it's probably going to be Plummer uh again uh, aiden o'connell did okay down the stretch but i think Plummer is going, to, is going to be the guy that can get the ball to the playmakers on the outside um he has a little bit more arm strength i think than the uh the other two options they're considering right now but you know i think their the line right now for for their wins is like two and a half or like maybe three <laughs> Uh, if you're getting generous. So if you can you can find them at two and a half, I, I would bet the over every single time because they actually have George Karloftis uh, on the defensive line. They've got some decent uh, uh, linebackering, uh, linebackers coming up and a few actually decent recruits uh, that are, are still developing uh, in the secondary too. So I think they're going to be underrated across the board this year. Could get close to, you know, hang around four and four, but you know be involved in some shootouts thanks to ron moore and, and david bell just making some plays uh so yeah i'm excited to, to see what the Boil- boiler maker offense actually looks like not necessarily their entire defense but a few big names that i think could make a difference enough uh to keep them uh in games and and uh keep it tight and keep them you know giving them a reason to keep scoring
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, Bell and Moore are just so much fun to watch. Both of those guys—they bring such different skill sets to the game—and they actually have Xander Horvath as as the top running back on per the That's, our lads. I'm yeah, like, Sean Shivers.
0: Sean Shivers was the <laughs> was the guy at the top of the Auburn uh, running back depth chart at yeah. the beginning of the year. It's just it's such <laughs> like weird. lips empty lip service that some of these coaches do just out of respect, I guess. You know, like they're upperclassmen, but. They never actually lead the team and carries one time, uh, so uh, Horvath's okay, but he's like basically a uh, you know a cement footed fullback type more than he is an actual running back.
1: Yeah, and then speaking of depth chart at Maryland, they actually have surprisingly they have Lance Legendre. I'm gonna be all fancy and French say it as, as the starting <laughs> quarterback, and kind of surprised that they don't have. Here you go, Travis. What's how do you pronounce <laughs> the
0: little little Aola's name? so t- i think it's talia talia uh, yeah or, or ta- talia I, I don't know i, I don't know I, I, I haven't gotten that and figured I've, I've heard so many people mispronounce it i'm just not i'm just gonna wait but it, it's lance <laughs> lejeune actually uh, 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 yeah i uh, did you ever okay. watch uh netflix ones uh or netflix's qb1 he was actually on there
1: i didn't actually i should have that's yeah. You hear a lot of good stuff about it. So,
0: oh yeah, huh. yeah, and he he was actually featured on on there, and it was really weird that he he was actually he could have gone to Florida State and decommitted, uh, so it would have been interesting had they kept with him because they actually could have had a really fun athletic quarterback. Legend is good enough to keep the job. I mean, I like little Loa, but uh, Legend is good enough to keep that job. I think it all it's all going to depend on what happens in the first couple weeks because they right now they have the depth chart marked as. Uh, as like a, with a big or like all caps or in between the quarterbacks, so I think both of them can get the, the ball to their wide receivers. Lejean has an arm; he's got a rocket, and he's he's a really fun um, NFL-sized dual threat type guy. Uh, so I really hope uh, they, they stick with him. I know that that's against everyone else in the Debbie community and and, and nah. against what most people want to see, but I really like Lejean uh inside so i want to i want to see him get the ball to demas and, and rakeem jarrett who's basically D, debo samuel and uh Jishon jones is going to be healthy now so that that offense could be surprisingly good uh right out of the gate and and wow some people i i think the line right now in maryland uh in their first week's matchup i think it's like plus 11 or pu- i think at least like 10 or 10 and a half i would take that every day uh <laughs> So uh, if, you, if you're into making that, that kind of betting decision uh, right now in in this weird COVID season. But I, I think Lejean's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I actually have been a little apprehensive about, I'll just call him Little Tua for now. Um, <laughs> just because, you know, the size and the, you know, everybody wants to follow that name. But why did he transfer? You know, if he thought he could have been the next starting quarterback in Alabama, you know, like, I start I start you start to kind of question maybe he's not as good and he's kind of riding onto his coattails a little bit you know so I I've been a little apprehensive about him not like when I saw he went to Maryland I'm like oh that's a good shot for him you know they've got you know that's wide receiver you almost these days it seems like so um (laughs) so they got some good wide receiver prospects there so I thought it was a good move for him so let's let's see what he does I guess so yeah Alright, we'll bounce over to my team next if we have to, Michigan State. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hoping they can get back to winning. It's been a rough couple years. Uh, we kinda kicked around Michigan for a couple years there and got all cocky and then last couple years have been rough. So I do like Elijah Collins a little bit. You know, he I liked it seemed like he was playing really well at first, and then toward the end of the year you started to see a little bit of apprehension in the way he ran and a little little timidness, which I didn't like, so Hopefully he can bounce back, get his confidence back. Jaden Reed, the transfer from Western Michigan is the sky's the limit for this kid, so I really hope he that they can get him involved in the offense. Not not very keen on their quarterbacks, not not very keen on the whole team, you know, as a whole. Like Rocky I think I think it's Rocky Lombardi, I think is gonna start. I'm not sure. I don't even know. Like I, I have usually have my pulse to Michigan State and this year I don't I have like nowhere near the the pulse that I normally do. (laughs) This team is just, I think we're just trying to find our way. It's been a rough couple years. So yeah, they, right now they have Peyton Thorne listed as a starter. So yeah, yeah. The Day is probably the only one who's enticing from like a, but he's got to get the starting reps first. So if you have anything on my Spartans, Yeah, I mean
0: Jaden Reed. It's funny; it feels like forever since we've seen that guy on the field. But uh, for for those listeners not familiar with Jaden Reed, he he was blowing blowing it up for Western Michigan, I I guess two almost two full years ago now. Yeah, Yeah, so it's it's been a while since we've seen him on the field, but uh, he he broke out uh, as I guess it was his true freshman season and had like a 35 percent dominator there uh which is uh you know accounting for 35 percent of the team's receiving yards and touchdowns uh blowing it up there so i think he's going to have that huge market share opportunity in an offense that needs him to carry the load uh completely uh, missing a lot of uh, production from last year and so uh, i think he has a perfect opportunity to basically be the only playmaker for them through the air. Whereas Elijah Collins had the perfect opportunity to be the only playmaker that they had in the backfield that was decent and his playing style. He's going to have to learn how to evade tackles in a, in a way that uh, makes him last more than, you know, half the season. I think he was just apprehensive because I'm not sure he was healthy uh, down the stretch uh, for Michigan state uh, just a year ago. So uh, I hope he uh, stays healthy hundred percent and can really just get back to his, his uh, strong aggressive tenacious form of play because uh, Collins is is good enough to, to play on Sundays I think for sure I'm not sure he'll be more than a, a day three pick uh, but he's he's got some skill so I think both these guys could be day three picks one day
1: right yeah because I don't think even and under the best circumstances he's not gonna have a very giant year I don't think even if they rely on him entirely that line is still yeah so yeah yeah
0: not great <laughs>
1: yeah all right. Next will go over to Michigan. This is kind of a, a fun one. It's a I think it's a really critical year for them this year. They have a new quarterback, Joe Milton. Unfortunately, they still have Jim Harbaugh, and hopefully he will <laughs> yeah. open the offense up a little bit and let his quarterbacks throw. Um, I don't What is your what do you think of Zach Charbonnet? I I'm kind of out on him. I didn't love him a lot last year.
0: Yeah, I mean he's just he's a good college player. Like uh, he's he's a big-bodied, good college player with decent pedigree as a recruit, uh, but I think even, I guess, like halfway through last year, we were just kind of waiting for him to do something really impressive. I guess it's impressive that he, you know, earned much of an early role uh, at all. Some of the top recruits of this year are not doing that, but he didn't even look like the best uh, running back on his team last year uh, for really half the time, so... I'm gonna see. I'm gonna need to see a huge step up and more involvement as a pass catcher to be really excited about Charbonnet uh, at all for for uh, for them at running back. But wide receivers more intriguing to me, just because somebody's gonna to have to catch some passes, you know. And, and I'm not sure who that's gonna be, but they're gonna have all kinds of opportunity now that uh, Nico Collins is gone.
1: Right, yeah, you, you mentioned Ronnie Bell, and he's he's a guy who seemed like he was always there for the big catch last year for him. Um, yeah, they have a lot of other names. You know, Roman Wilson has got kind of a, a buzz in the community as a guy who could step up. Um, AJ Henning, I like him a lot, but he's just a, a smaller guy, a freshman, could yeah. play a different you know a role that they have, really haven't had at Michigan in quite some time. So, you like Cornelius Johnson? Yeah,
0: Roman Wilson's got. I do like Cornelius Johnson quite a bit. I think. He's probably going to be the guy. He's got that six three size and ran a sub four six in high school. Uh, he's added some weight. It looks like from what I've seen, uh, so I think he could be the guy that breaks out as their uh, kind of big X receiver and uh, target funnel outside of Ronnie Bill. I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think they have enough market yet. I don't think they're going to throw it enough to really give us three wide receivers that are super interesting. Uh, you know, we tried to make that happen with with Donovan Donovan Peoples Jones and Nico Collins and. Uh, Tariq Black, that's just not going to happen on Michigan as long as Harbaugh is there. Uh, But Cornelius Johnson, I I think, could be interesting. Roman Wilson legit has like sub 4-4 speed. That's why I'm interested in him. If he can climb the depth chart, I think he's not really in line to start much. Uh, But uh, we'll see. He's still got some time. True freshman. So uh, really a a lot of enticing, exciting players uh, there. Just not sure which one it's going to be. <laughs> if any, you're right? You
1: never really know. With, yeah, yeah, if
0: any. Because, I mean, their, their big receiver might catch 30 balls this year. So, I yeah, that offense knows.
1: just seems like it's still stuck in, you know, the the Wolverines offense that was good back in the 90s, you know? So, like, it's just yeah, you want to see them evolve. When yeah, Harwell exactly. <laughs> you want to see it evolve into, like, the SEC has all of a sudden evolved into a different type of offense. You know, why can't – yeah. Harbaugh
0: catch up you know like
1: he's got to open things up
0: yeah. they need to get there otherwise Harbaugh's not no, going to be there if he loses so. to
1: ohio state again this year and you know he trudges to five wins and five and three he's probably not going to be there anymore all right penn state's next uh obviously we talked about journey brown at the top of the show um i like noah kane's got that draft pedigree but you also like Jahan dotson as well so let's see what do you got in penn state
0: yeah noah kane and, and devin ford i guess who's still there uh, could be interesting at running back. Uh, but I, I, Noah Kane did kind of... He's more of a... I don't think he's got the athletic, athleticism. He could be a big-bodied plotter uh, in the pros, maybe. But um, I'm not super excited about either of the running backs, necessarily, unless they completely have went through some sort of transformation. And that strength and conditioning program might have gotten them there, maybe. Uh, they've, they've done that with a bunch of running backs here recently and a bunch of playmakers here recently. Uh, but Jahan Dotson reminds me a lot of early career and, and college version of Emmanuel Sanders. Like that's that's the vibe I get when I watch Jahan Dotson play. I think just like how he moves out of his routes, out of his breaks, how he bends. Like I think Jahan Dotson could could be a legit pro prospect after this season because he's going to be sharing with basically Pratt, Pat, uh, Pat Fryermuth and a bunch of guys that uh, haven't done much. So Jahan Dotson could have that breakout huge year that we saw from from Hamler. Uh, and so I think he he's going to be that that target, and they've got a veteran quarterback who can get him the ball. So uh, I'm excited to see him break out there alongside the humongous person that we call Pat Fryermuth at the tight end, uh, and that's really the 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 most sure thing NFL prospect on the team. I think he could be a, a first round uh, NFL draft pick next spring, if not you know top fifty NFL draft pick at the position.
1: Next year, Rutgers. You got anything? No. <laughs> Rutgers. Oh, man, uh, the guy
0: who spells Isaiah wrong, uh, the, the running back that I spelled, his name Isaiah wrong. I can't even remember his last name right now. Uh, he's basically the only thing they have going for him. But Rutgers is going to lose all their games. They're not going to win anything unless they can figure out a way to uh, beat Michigan State this weekend, maybe. Hey. Uh, but they're going to go 0 for, so, um <laughs> So I, I've got nothing I've got nothing to say. I mean, like, the, this offense, like, if you look at their last four years and add all the passing touchdowns up together, that still falls short, I think, of what Joe Burrow did just last year. So uh, it, it's not got a lot going on. It's funny
1: that Ar- Arthur Sitkowski is the quarterback there, and he's only a redshirt sophomore. I feel like he's been their quarterback for four years. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just. Yeah,
0: he's thrown, thrown enough interceptions, I think, for four right, years. Right, right. But... All
1: right, I'm nuts next yeah next up great. we have nebraska i'm not terribly excited about much on this offense i do like Wandale robinson quite a bit so i don't know if you have anything on nebraska any guys that stick out that you'd like to see this year or...
0: no i mean i i can squint and maybe get interested in, in D- dedrick mills or maybe omar manning the, the, the transfer i guess but it's Wondell Robinson and, and nothing else. I mean, we thought Adrian Martinez would be something. But he's going to be slit, like splitting reps with Luke McCaffrey at quarterback, so I'm not, I'm not interested uh, there anymore. So it's Wondell and nothing else.
1: Iowa, um, another team that's is, is kind of probably going to be looking for their identity, but somehow always find a way to. They always seem to find their way into the Big Ten race. Uh, you know, always it's never very pretty, um, never very like you know, Debbie fantasy relate, relevant, but the Tyler Goodson, some people like him too. Yeah. Much. I think he's a little bit too small to do, to do a whole lot in the NFL. Maybe if he added some size, uh, you had a couple guys that you liked though on the team there.
0: Yeah. And, and Tyler, Tyler Goodson, I think he more and more, I think we're going to see smaller guys that just have receiving ability uh, can stick a little bit in the pros, but yeah, he, he needs to wow us a little bit more as a runner, I think to, Really round out his profile, but Luke Lachey, a true freshman, uh, tight end, might eventually be that next great tight end that comes out of of uh, Iowa. But I don't think any of the guys currently there are going to be the next George Kittle or anything. Uh, so it, you you know we like to talk about Iowa tight ends, but it might be a couple years before Lachey uh, really uh, starts putting together some nice production. That's just how college tight ends usually go, unless you're like a five star kid. Uh, and then Amir Smith Marset. Uh, has a nice all-purpose skill set. I think he has a couple return touchdowns, but really career for kick returns, punt returns. Like I think kick returns, kick returns. I'm pretty sure he's averaging over 25 yards, closer to 30 yards per return. He's really electric in that aspect. So that alone is going to get him in into NFL draft dis- discussions. He's not going to check all the production boxes that we like to see uh, for you know the analytics nerds that uh, get get pumped about Devi, but uh, we're, he's he's going to be one of those guys that were like. You know, for a lot of people on NFL Draft Day, it comes into round four and some team takes Amir Smith-Marset and everyone's like, uh, who? And it's because he can wow in all phases of the game. He can take a jet sweep. He can work it down the field and stack wide receivers or stack defensive backs okay. Like there's nothing that wows necessarily in his uh receiving profile necessarily. Like, And, and it screams like, starting nfl wide receiver but he could be somebody that sneaks in and and stays on a roster for a long time and is like that you know zay jones or like that uh you know tajay sharp type that just kind of gets tossed around in the nfl and hangs out and produces once or twice in here there and you think about picking him up once or twice on the waivers but not really an anchor to to rely on uh for fantasy yeah
1: i got you man i I, yeah that's that's a good good call for him All right, Minnesota is one of the more exciting teams in the Big Ten. Hopefully they um, obviously have a big act to follow up after last year, but I'm so happy that Rashad Bateman came back. I think it will only help him. Uh, You know, I already had him as my wide receiver, too. I don't know where you have him, but I love his great – I think he just has a really good all-around game, really good route runner, wins early, creates separation, tracks deep balls. I mean, he's just a guy that you you love a lot. He's going to be the one, you know, the one – you know there's no Tyler Johnson on the other side this year so it'll be fun to watch him and then Tanner Morgan I kind of want to see him take a step forward as a guy who also in the six seven range possibly next year I see a lot of things that I like when he plays you just want to see him put it all together uh, my notes on him I love his footwork his touch and his accuracy he doesn't have much of him like a deep bar deep ball not much for arm strength but I like I like him a lot I think he's a smart quarterback it makes a lot of good throws so I'd like to see him take a step forward and he could also kind of you know be one of those guys that you know day two early day three type quarterback if he has another good year so if you have anything else on Minnesota there
0: yeah I definitely like both the players you mentioned Mo Ibrahim Ibrahim uh, is probably good uh, Kai at Thomas or whatever his face is the freshman could be good eventually as a runner uh and and then uh you know Rashad Bateman and uh, Tanner Morgan, I think, are the guys that I'm really interested in. That offense really it, – it's super friendly to wide receivers. It's its a bunch of slants. It's a bunch of double moves uh, to get some space, uh, whether you're slow or fast or whatever. It doesn't matter. If you can run a route, if you can fake on a d- double move. Uh, Rashad Bateman led uh, – not led the nation, but Minnesota, rather, led the nation in, in completions on slants last year and I think double moves both because uh, that's like 90% of our offense. Uh, so – I think they're going to do a lot more of that, and Bateman's going to have a crazy receiving year, uh, probably impre- impresses even further. I think he has an 86th percentile adjusted production index right now. But I think that after this year, he's probably going to be a 90th-plus percentile player, which, by the way, like if you have a 90th percentile like adjusted production index, mixing dominator rating, yards per team pass attempt, and touchdowns per team pass attempt, you essentially get picked in the first round, second round, or third round like almost 90% of the time like it's it's crazy so I think he's got super safe even though you know we were really excited about Tyler Johnson a year ago uh, I think we have even more reason to be excited about Rashad Bateman he's a much better uh, player all around than uh, Tyler Johnson and was immediately taking receptions from him even as a true freshman so uh, I like Bateman quite a bit
1: so he's going to take over the slant title from Michael Thomas then is that what you're saying
0: yeah, he's gonna okay. be. Yeah, he's gonna be. Yeah, the, the, the slant title man at the next <laughs> level for sure. It,
1: it, it's weird that you mentioned that because that's you know that's what Western Michigan did for Corey Davis, and you know like it's yep. yeah they do tend to yeah so it's a good comparison there. So, all right, next we got Northwestern. I Do you have anything on Northwestern? I don't have anybody I'm really watching on them this year.
0: Yeah, I mean. It... You know their offense was like the worst in college football history last year or so, something like that. Uh, so the Hunter Johnson, you know, is not going to be. I mean, he he, for those of you not familiar, Hunter Johnson was like a big recruit back in the day. Went end up going to Clemson, transferred. Like, oh, he's going to go make Northwestern good, and it did not go well. And so. Uh, they bring in Peyton Ramsey. Maybe Peyton Ramsey can make somebody relevant there uh, at quarterback. Uh, but yeah, there's not not a whole lot to get excited about. Maybe Isaiah Bowser has a has a has a better year. Um, uh, they like to feed the running back, so Bowser could be the guy that takes that leap. But you know, I'm not really pumped about any, any Northwestern player right now.
1: Okay, and that's it, right? We're gonna have to talk about the last team, right? We're we're out of time.
0: Yeah, I don't think we need we're to talk out of time. about. Yeah, there's no way we have we don't have time to talk <laughs> about the the. Uh, university, uh, capital T H E T-H-E, whatever they are, uh, right? I, I suppose
1: we probably should. All right, Ohio. I guess yeah, so. Ohio State. Anyways, they'll probably come in ranked third. <laughs> they'll just go right, right in ranked third on the <laughs> behind Alabama and Clemson. So obviously the big names. Fun, Justin Fields would be good to see him play. Chris Alave, Trey Sermon. Yeah. you know the talent everywhere on this team. Garrett Wilson, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith. Jigma, so yeah, I don't, these guys are gonna be fun. Have you heard anything lately on Master Teague? Actually, I was kind of wondering. I was searching to see if,
0: and yeah. I there's nothing. So like, it's I, weird. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he did something. I, you know, it's funny. Like if you look at back into like, detailed reports on his Achilles injury, like did he completely? No, they not detailed I don't know. At all. Like yeah. I, I did, they weren't at all. Like so, there was an Achilles injury for Master Teague, but. What we've seen here recently is that players can actually somehow come back in under a year from an Achilles injury. Uh, so this was way back, I guess, in January or uh, just even like late December that this happened. So he's probably going to be available like as early as, you know, next month with this like, this delayed season actually probably helped him. Uh, so if he's available around Thanksgiving, uh, that's going to be huge for this offense. But Trey Sermon, has a, he's going to have about three, four weeks probably uh, to to prove that he is worth uh, that basically the most I don't know the most valuable role just from a production standpoint standpoint in all of college football for running backs you know what I mean like I know there are other 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 guys doing crazy things but just what that scheme does and you know, open opening up holes and creating favorable matchups for their running backs uh in 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 between the tackles i think trey sermon has a huge opportunity uh to just put up some bonkers numbers in in this month if he does not put up bonkers numbers it's going to be teague's job uh whenever he's back but uh i don't think either either of these guys are a safe bet um just because one of the other might sack you know sap the the opportunity out of the other uh but you know whoever if, if somebody does go off for this team that's going to go undefeated this year until they get to the, the college football playoff um that's going to be huge for the draft stock they're probably going to be a day two pick they're going to walk into it and without having to do much at all uh you know really impressive on their own because this offense just makes everyone look good uh so Cla- alave is going to score another a dozen touchdowns garrett wilson's going to score eight or nine touchdowns and then one of these freshmen, probably Jackson Smith and, and Jigma is, is gonna step up and you know score you know a touchdown on, on half his catches this year. Like, so it's it's gonna be a crazy productive unreal offense. Uh, I, I like Julian Fleming, a lot of people calling him him the next, Julio Jones. I think that's a little bit much. Uh, Smith and Jigma, I think might be even better. Uh, he, he's one of the most prolific like high school producers that we've ever seen in in the history of high school sports. Uh, so, uh, that, that's shown to be, uh, pretty meaningful lately. Like guys like David Bell, like he was the most productive high school receiver in, in basically like Indianapolis, all of their, that their district's history. Like he was putting up dumb numbers, uh, for Warren central, uh, just, and then immediately produced at a big, big level, uh, for Purdue, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma, uh, I'm really intrigued to see if he can actually garner some market share early on, because if he does, uh, he'll immediately be like the wide receiver two. whoever, you know, whatever wide receiver steps up for Ohio State is probably immediately going to be the wide receiver two for 2023.
1: Right. Right. Very good. Yeah. Actually, I have not been overly impressed with Sermon. So, like you said, this offense is so friendly to what he can do, though. And I think it'll it might. Yeah. Might yeah. might help his draft stock, but I still want to watch him a little closer. Like, I was not overly impressed with him at Oklahoma. Like, I thought he was really inconsistent. You know, at times he looked great, and then at times he just looked like just his vision was off. Like, everything was off. Like, he just wasn't good. So, um, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just not good. <laughs> like, so, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't always healthy either, but it's just... So it's hard to really get a good gauge on him but yeah un- unreal opportunity now for at least four weeks until uh master teague might be back
1: all right ladies and gentlemen that is our big 10 preview so a lot to talk about a lot to lot to be excited about i'm happy travis got to come on with me i wanted to make sure that i brought someone on that loved the big 10 um hopefully just as much as i do so i know you like auburn too so I'll, I'll give you a pass on that though. Um, <laughs> so, all right, Travis, can you tell everybody what's, uh, what you're working on, what you got going on in the pipes?
0: Sure. Yeah. I'm working on a lot at Rotoviz these days for the most part. I've, Written for all sorts of sites, but now trying to keep it centralized. Uh, doing an NFL Prospects weekly series uh, over at RotoViz and also building a college football DFS model every single week to help you guys win some on the weekends there if you can play that in your state. But always uh, ranking some Debbie and future NFL prospects for RotoViz. And of course, uh, my new podcast, The College to Canton Show, has uh, is, is just been a blast. 17 episodes in uh so definitely check that out as well and you can find me on twitter at ff underscore travis m uh glad to just talk football uh any chance i can get so yeah thanks again for having me this this is a blast talking about all these big 10 teams all these future nfl players and all these players that are definitely not going to the pros like the ones playing for rutgers and northwestern too so yeah yeah it's a good time (laughs) so gotta bring back touchdown time with travis come on yeah, I need to start. Do- yeah, do- doing some more of those videos again. That <laughs> that would be those fun, are always but, uh... a, a
1: fun little couple minute clip. I always liked them. Yeah, the show. <laughs> appreciate. Right. It. You can- <laughs> you can find my work at DLF. Uh, just doing Debbie roundups every week, and I'm still. I've got on a, on my Debbie manual YouTube channel. I gotta make sure I plug it on here. I don't normally but I've been trying to make lots of prospect cut ups. I think I added ten last week and I'm on four this week already. So just a fun way to watch these guys that we talk about in seven, eight minutes, you know. At the most. That's quarterbacks. Usually the wide receivers and running backs are only three, four minutes long. So nice nice time nice way to see, you know, the clips. And I try to also I, I include losses, you know, incomplete passes blocks things like that I try to highlight more than just you know the big plays so anyways that's something I've been working on a lot lately so and you can find this podcast at devy manual on Twitter and we will talk to you guys next week
0: don't forget about the next fresh thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test I'm serious they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4340 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast.